John joins us now. Thanks for uh, rolling with the punches and calling in <laughs> when we couldn't call you. But uh, it's great to have you on this morning. If there's one thing we've learned during COVID, it's how to adapt. <laughs> oh, man. We had a nasty storm here. Uh, it was Tuesday night, and the station was off the air all day Wednesday and uh, got it back, kind of limping back on the air Wednesday night for our coaches show and then yesterday. But there's still some issues. We're not streaming, and, and uh, obviously we can't call out. <laughs> so still kind of fighting through those issues here. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's a challenge on a lot of levels. We had a – a thing here, John, called yeah. the derate show. I, I heard which about I had that. Never heard of. Yeah. yeah, tell me about that. <laughs> well, it was basically a land hurricane <laughs> uh, through the state of Iowa. At 120, 140 mile an hour winds. Oh my gosh! Uh, through the state of Iowa, unheard of, and it flattened the corn crop and a lot of uh, farms, and was really, really devastating. Oh. And uh, still, still cleaning up the mess, but. Yeah, 2020 can bring you any number of surprises. <laughs> That's true. Chalk it up to 2020. What's What was the name of it again? What's that called? A derate show. Another word I didn't want to learn this year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, throw that on the log pile for 2020 for sure. Uh, man, how you doing? You uh, we, we kick it off in eight days. Uh, it's kind of fun that we're kind of into that final countdown to hopefully kick off this season. Yeah, it's so exciting to get close to the start line. You know, usually you're trying to get to the finish line. We're just right. trying to get to the start line. Right. And, you know, it's going to feel great if we can get there. Um, and I say if because the way this thing is gone, you, you just never know day to day. And so um, you're not going to celebrate anything prematurely. But to get to that start line would be great and to have an opportunity for this football team to go compete um, would be tremendous. And I, I think Iowa State fans are excited about that, even though they're disappointed they won't be able to be in the stands for game one. Uh, they're hoping that, you know, with a little three-week buffer before then in game two, that maybe that situation could change. But uh, they're still excited to watch their football team, and we'll get that opportunity on ESPN eight days from now. Yeah, 11 a.m. kickoff for your game, like it is for ours here in Waco on the 12th. Uh, what uh, It's been an interesting week, hasn't it? Uh, first, Jamie Pollard says 25% attendance, and then depending on how that goes, you know, we'll see what it is for the Oklahoma game. But then uh, but then uh, a sharp left turn, and now you'll have uh, no fans in attendance on Saturday. How did that all transpire? Well, they were, they were looking at three models. They were looking at uh, 50%, which was basically the number of season tickets that they've sold, about 30,000. Uh, they were looking at 25%, which was splitting up the season tickets, saying, hey, you're going to go to three games, and this group is going to go to three games. Mm -hmm. And then they were looking at 0%. And so what happened was about 5,000 people kind of backed out on their season tickets. So that number was down to 25 which was basically 40% of capacity. Okay. And Jamie Pollard said, we're going to have – that 40% in the stands for game one, but he figured that number would come down even more with a few more people backing out if they didn't like their seed selections or where they were placed with the social spreading. And what happened was um, a couple of days after his announcement, you know, the numbers were so high here in central Iowa, especially in Story County um, and uh, of positive tests. And so the university just kind of, I think just decided, Hey, let's just, tap the brakes on a little bit. We do have a three-week window between that first game and the second game. 
So not having fans for game one kind of buys you some time uh, to hope that the, the situation improves itself. And so they decided for game one anyway, there's going to be no fans in the stands. And so that's kind of how it all played out. But uh, we'll see where it goes from here. And, again, everything, it's like a, it's like a sprained ankle. We're day-to-day on everything involving COVID. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, we all are. We really, we, uh, you know, have to be flexible and be ready for whatever uh, is coming around the bend. What is it about Ames and Story County that you have such a high uh, positivity rate? Is there anything you can put your finger on? Well, I think there's a couple things. Number one, it's a it's a college town, right, right. And and so if you look at that New York Times list of where over the last couple of weeks, um, the number of COVID positivity has has increased, it's almost all college towns. And Ames doubles its population when the students come back. Plus, they tested all the incoming uh, students to go into the dorms and apartments. They all tested, so there was a lot of testing going on. And then on top of that, you had some people act irresponsibly and have some parties and things like that, and that certainly didn't help. But I think one thing that has to be taken into consideration though, is the positivity rate is the, you know, the pos- positive test out of the people that were tested. It's not, right. uh, it's not like 28% of the Iowa State uh, college population or the city of Ames has COVID. It's 28% of those that were tested, tested positive. And so uh, it's still not a great number, but it's a much smaller percentage of the population of the campus and of the city than you might think mm-hmm. if you just looked at that number. Yeah. All right. Good explanation. Uh, John Walters is with us, longtime voice of the Iowa State Cyclones. Iowa State's always done a great job of honoring Jack Trice. How much of an impact did the current climate of the country have on the football team wearing the Jack Trice patches this season? I think that certainly played a role. And, you know, Matt Campbell and all the Iowa State coaches really have been very vocal about saying we want our players to have a voice. We want them to make their feelings known. And I think that's one of the good things that's really happened here in the last few months is there's a lot more listening going on and people just trying to understand and have some empathy from where other people are coming from. And so I I think that's a good situation. I think the more of that that happens, the healthier it is. And so I think when all this happened and COVID was on top of it, there was a lot of Zoom meetings and and just uh, teams kind of getting together and airing out how they feel. And I think that was very good and healthy for everybody. And so, um, you know, it, it, Jack Trice is the only African-American player that has a stadium named after him. And so Iowa State's very proud of that. And they're going to put the patch on the uniforms this year to commemorate one more time uh, his great memory. Could you give us some insight into what the Farm Strong team is and what it means to the state of Iowa? The Farm Strong team is uh, by the Iowa Farm Bureau. And it basically is just saying we want to uh, recognize work ethic and that that the same work ethic that farmers have exists on these university uh, campuses. And so at Iowa State, they have a great ag school. They have a tremendous um, amount of pride in their agriculture program. And so the FarmStrong team is basically saying, even though a lot of these kids don't come from farms, they reflect the work ethic of the Iowa farmer. And that's what that's all about. 
John Walters with us, uh, voice of the Iowa State Cyclones. So you got Louisiana coming in next week, uh, open date, open uh, conference play at TCU. Then that game against OU you mentioned uh, would be your next home game on October 3rd. Um, what's the can, – can you uh, – with your finger on the pulse, you know, of the students there is – do we need football? I mean, I know we need football. Uh, how much do we need football to try to get back to uh, something normal and something people look forward to? like that well i think it will help everybody to have football back um, even if you're not allowed to be in the stands just the opportunity to watch your team play i think will be very healthy for people and uh, as a university clearly we need it i think all of us are in the same boat in that regard john uh, we're very fortunate to have the opportunity to start the season and again i just say start the season because you don't want to assume anything more than that but um, but, you know, I'll consider this season a success if we can get to the end of it. Yeah. You know, if we can get all the way through, uh, the, regardless of records, this season is going to be a success. And your fans there, I always talk about it on our air, uh, what, what great tailgating there is at, outside Jack Trice Stadium. Like you've got to run that fire engine around running the horn to get people to quit tailgating and come into the game. Uh, that's, that's kind of a shame, isn't it, that you won't be able to have tailgating this year? Well, you know, I've said a lot of times we've lost a lot of football games, but we've never lost a field. <laughs> that's right. But, but maybe that maybe that streak comes to an end here because they're not going to allow tailgating this year regardless. Uh, um, it's just not going to be a part of the game day experience. And you're right, it's a huge part of the Iowa State game day experience, primarily because the way the stadium was built years and years ago, there's just acres and acres of land all around the stadium where – you look in any direction from the press box and you see a sea of cardinal and gold. And for a lot of these fans, you know, that's a kind of a reunion. Once a week they get together and they really enjoy each other's company. And then on top of all that, there's a football game. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, a, it's a fun way to do it. And it is really part of the charm of Iowa State. But, um, and a lot of schools have great, great tailgating. But it's, it's certainly going to be a part of college football that's not going to be the same this season. Football is definitely the focus right now, but your basketball team received some great news as Tyler Harris gets immediate eligibility after transferring from Memphis. What are the expectations for him this season? Well, I think he can really help because he's a guy that can shoot the basketball. And when Steve Prohm went about his recruiting this um, past year or so, he really tried to get back to the kind of team he's had in the past where you have a lot of length on the perimeter and you can switch one through five on ball screens and and really be flexible with the guys you have on the floor. Now, Tyler's an exception to that because he's only about five foot nine, but he's very, very quick, and he can really shoot the basketball. And so those are some things that can certainly help Iowa State. And, yes, he's a point guard, but so is Regier Bolton and so are a bunch of other guys on this roster. I think that Steve Prohm never really gets too caught up in that point guard designation, but certainly Tyler's a guy that can help him as a guard, whether he's the guy bringing the ball to the floor or not. Final thought, John, we'll let you go. Uh, I'm a big proponent of when you have a returning quarterback or a quarterback with experience, I, I think that's just huge for a team. We've got Charlie Brewer. You've got that with Brock Purdy. Uh, what are the expectations uh, for Brock going into this season? Well, John, I think you really hit on something that's super important, especially this year for programs that didn't have the opportunity to have spring football practice. Iowa State didn't even have one spring but having a veteran quarterback returning gives you a little bit of sense of comfort in that area. 
So I think you look at teams around the league and you look at Iowa State and Baylor, certainly with uh, veteran starters. Sam Ellinger at Texas falls into that category. And there's a few others that have starting quarterbacks returning. I certainly think it's an advantage, especially this season. But Brock is a special kid. He's entering his junior year. He already holds many of the Iowa State passing records, and he'll set several more this season if he can stay healthy. Um, But he's just an enormous leader on this football team. He's just a true junior. He was a captain last year as a sophomore. Guys really look up to him for the way he carries himself. And he's really a grounded guy. Um, But I think he got injured last year and tried to play a lot of the season hurt. If he can stay healthy this season, he could really put up some great, great numbers. So we're excited about Brock. Um, You know, he does have some young receivers that are new to the program that are going to be part of it, but he's got those three veteran tight ends returning and Brees Hall in the backfield with him. So there's some offensive weapons for Iowa State for sure. Yeah, really good. Hey, it's great to visit with you. Thanks for your time this morning. Uh, Stay safe, and let's uh, stay on that narrow path toward uh, kickoff eight days from today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, John. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. John Walters, the great voice of the Iowa State Cyclones.